to make use of certain God-given means to help us flourish 
activity for us to do at this point. Um, on the other page, you'll find we'll take the user activity one. And should say, why don't you take a few minutes to make a list of the different things that you can think of that God has given us to help us grow as followers of Jesus? That's the first one, and we'll have a little bit of feedback in a few minutes. So, a few minutes to make a list of all the different things you can think of that God's given us to help us grow as followers of Jesus.
let's uh, get some feedback and hear what others are. Just, just read everything you've signed for God. Then we'll start with the group over there. Tell us what different things have you thought of God has given us to help us grow as well as you. Well, everything from God, so really. Everything, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, we said church people and then like community, um, yeah. like missionaries, the Bible, food, Holy Spirit, good Christian books, um, our past experiences, um, prayer, our gifts, like spiritual gifts and our physical gifts and bodies, um, our earthly blessings, like our money, our car, podcasts, <laughs> the Lord's Supper, songs, worship, Sunday school, and technology. <laughs> Holy Spirit, gift, Holy Spirit, gifts, prophets, teachers, evangelists. Thanks for each. Speech, yes. And, and yeah, gifts, speech. Yes. Although I had put it in sermons as well. Yeah. But the evangelism, because when you share the gospel, you grow in Christ. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Yes. What was that? So, I mean, look, the, the point is made, actually, God has given us a whole lot of things, so we start to think about it as on his own advice. You know, sometimes we like the old song says, you know, can't you bless his name, and I don't know what surprise what God's done. Uh, it's worth actually just stopping sometimes to go, wow, she doesn't give us so much. The mm-hmm. love of Jesus. Um, you know, just uh, James chapter 1, verse 17 came to mind. Every good and every perfect gift is from above, coming down to the Father of lights. Mm-hmm. There is no variation or shadow in change. And it's a good, it's a good reminder that God has given us so much. <coughs> and yeah, so there's, there's a whole bunch of things that we mentioned there. Let's um, drill down a little bit. And we'll talk more about putting those things, I guess, in more um, defined boxes in a moment. Before we go on, let's pick maybe one or two, depending on the time, of the things that you wrote down. And talk to us your group about why and how those things can help you grow as a Christian. So you pick your favourite one and then uh, ask that question with your favourite one. Yeah, I'm 
Tension in that verse, isn't there? So God works in us to will and to work for his good pleasure, but we're to work out our salvation. Um, of course, God is the one who saves us and does that from the head to end, but we've got a job to do. We've got something that God gives us to do. Someone once summarized this passage actually by saying that we work out what God has already worked in. <laughs> so I think it's a good, a good way of summarizing it. But how do we do that? How do we work out what God's words in? Do we just do it kind of like by sheer spiritual willpower? Uh, you know, sit on top of the mountain and imagine, or meditate, or navigate, or that kind of thing? Well, I think so. I think what the Bible expects us to do when it says work out our salvation is actually do certain things that further our relationship with Jesus, and help us enjoy more our relationship with Jesus, help us to grow to be more like Jesus. And these things are kind of what we're talking about when we talk about the means of grace. Now, there is no exhaustive list of the means of grace in the Bible or else we also won't find the term means of grace in the Bible. But the Bible, I think, does show us three broad categories for the means of grace. So when you listen to all those things earlier, I think all of those many, many great things could probably be put into one of these three categories. Um, and I don't want to push the metaphor too far, but I think they're like a basic food group, so carbs, protein, and fats. Inside, which is rich. The things you need to stay healthy. And those three categories are very simply the word prayer and fellowship. Like I said, I think most of those things we can put in one of those boxes. So if you've got that triangle there, 
Uh, you can write those things in on a triangle. Um, got the word, got prayer, and you've got fellowship. Obviously, the word is God down to us. Prayer is us up to God, and fellowship is us up to one another. And what have you mentioned the Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit isn't a means of grace because remember the Holy Spirit is God Himself. So the Holy Spirit works in and through all of these things to make it effective. So any of these things without the Spirit working in and through them is they're bad and effective and evil. So when we come to God's Word, that's how God relates to us. In God's Word, God Himself speaks to us. He reveals himself, he reveals his character, he reveals his purposes to us. We learn about him, we grow in our knowledge of God, grow in our knowledge of his purposes and plans. He teaches us about ourselves, he teaches us about others, he tells us what we are to do. Uh, some of the Bible, would you please turn up 2 Timothy chapter 3, 14 to 17. Two of the most universal we mentioned is uh, reading the Bible for ourselves, studying it for ourselves, um, and putting ourselves under the word taught as well. Those are really important. What about prayer? So, prayer is, I guess, the opposite of the word in some ways. It's the other side of the conversation. In prayer, we relate to God, we praise Him, we thank Him, we ask Him, we confess our sins to Him, and God actually responds to our prayers. It's worth remembering that. When we pray, God does things in response to our prayers. Doesn't change his big plan for everything, uh, but he does actually act in response to our prayers. There's someone who has uh, got a Bible with him reading Luke chapter 11, verse 1 to 13 for us, please. I can Thanks, 
Um, if, if we do that, it's a bit like deciding that eating fruits, vegetables, and whole grains well, it doesn't really excite me, and the kinds of people who do, who do eat those things are a bit boring and they look like they're on ice cream. So I'm going to cut more of my diet, I'm going to live on high sugar, high caffeine, high everything else, energy drinks, because they really make me feel a lot. Um, you can kind of see where, where that's going. Uh, my guess is that people eating the boring food will probably live longer. Uh, but yeah, these things are actually really important for us in our Christian lives, just because doing these things is often characterized by a thick traditionalism. It doesn't necessarily make uh, a robust approach to a bad thing or a unhealthy thing. So that's the one thing. We want to have vitality in our Christian lives, so maybe we, we don't get too prescriptive about how we do these things or what we do. The other thing is, I think we want to maintain a sense of personal freedom in our Christian life. Uh, and that's an important thing as well. It's good insofar as it reflects the need for a personal relationship with Jesus. Uh, we don't like some higher authority in the church telling us how to live our life with Jesus. One of the big driving forces behind the spread of the gospel in the second half of the 20th century was guys uh, like Billy Graham emphasizing a personal relationship with Jesus. So he spoke to millions of people who'd grown up in church and been baptized, who prayed and read their Bibles, who to the Lord's Supper, we didn't actually have a personal relationship with Jesus. And so he challenged them to pursue a personal relationship with Jesus, and we've seen the benefits in our own time. And perhaps connected to this, we know that some of the means of grace, like baptism and the Lord's Supper, they can be a topic of disagreement amongst Christians. So we avoid being too rigid, too prescriptive, just want to be united around the gospel, which is good, uh, but it carries a risk because leaving our use of the means of grace up to personal freedom and preference it becomes problematic because it neglects the commands and assumptions that are actually there required. So, in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, Jesus says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. He commands baptism. Uh, Luke chapter 22, verse 19, the, the, the Last Supper, he commands, Do this in remembrance of me. It's something that Jesus expects us to do. Uh, we've read already tonight, Jesus assumes that we will pray and gives us directions on how we should pray. Uh, the rest of the New Testament encourages giving and serving, being active part of the church, and hearing and speaking scripture to one another, praying, and sharing the gospel. So I think at best this privatization of the means of grace makes it a little more than a choose your own adventure. And as we do, we find with the usefulness and effectiveness of these gifts to strengthen us in our journey uh, towards heaven. So we should make the best use of these means. We need to let the Bible be our guide and recognize the scriptures that are wealth of things to teach us about the use of these very simple but very valuable gifts. So that's what we really hope to do this term is kind of dive into what the Bible really says about these things and why and how they're valuable for us as we follow Jesus. Now there's another primal danger, and that is trusting the gifts and not the givers. So on the one hand, you you know, we might neglect them entirely. On the other hand, we might put too much emphasis there. So, 2019, uh, I'll take a word from here. 2019, uh, the mountain climber Cyril Sullivan, that's his feet and hand up there, uh, he climbed the Grand Giraffe in the French Alps. He took some photos and videos. He made his way along that rocky ridge you can see he's standing on. Uh, and from where he stood on the narrow ridge, it's only a few, or about a meter across. The drop is over one kilometer on either side. I mean, you can see that in the picture. So down, down there is the drop on that side, and up there that's the drop on the other side. It's uh, 1,100 meters on each side. There's a video as well, which is a bit nauseating to watch. He's having fun. But in a similar way, making the best use of the means of grace is like walking our way along a narrow ridge with a dangerous sheer drop on each side. Because one side is the danger of neglecting the kids. So we might not miss out on our salvation, we certainly miss out on our joy and our confidence and our fruitfulness in Christ. On the other side, though, is the obvious danger that we trust too much in the gifts we neglect to give And this leads to a dangerous overconfidence. So be aware of this danger and to learn to avoid it. Very simply, we need to go back to the gospel itself. So what I'd like you to do as we move towards the close tonight is with the people at the table and make interactivity. Is come up with a short one or two sentence summary of the gospel. And we'll get your feedback in a moment.
and show her this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Good one to keep in He who began the work will bring it to completion at the day of Christ. So let's uh, rest in that truth. And so, yes, God does save us completely through Jesus. Beginning to start the work. He's going to finish the work. We don't do anything to either initiate and complete our salvation. Uh, but when we're talking this term about the means, let's remember that they are just means. They're also gifts given by God who loves us and wants the best for us. Uh, these gifts, like Bible reading, prayer, fellowship, all the other biblical means, fall under these categories of worth visiting and worth building into our lives, worth making the most of it. Ultimately, they'll make the gospel more precious to us and more precious for us and more real for us. Uh, there's a great book called Habits of Grace um, by Dan Mathis. Quite recently, and it's a new book. Yeah, good book. Anyone else read Habits of Grace? Anyone else? Right, American? Yeah. So, thumbs up for Matthew Boys. Yeah. yeah. Good. <laughs> he talks earlier in his book a great way of thinking about some of these things, and he talks about it in a way that it's not as though doing these things are going to cause us to grow in Christ. He talks about it in terms of the phrase he uses is putting ourselves in the way of the learners. And the read the introduction is what's kind of what he means. But the idea that he has in mind is that we do these things to put us in the path of God working through his means to bless us and grow us more like Christ. A bit like Zacchaeus in the tree. Or a bit like Bartimaeus sitting on the road where Jesus is passing by. So I read my Bible not because my reading the Bible is going to do something in my life, but because by reading the Bible, I put myself in the path that Jesus is walking through. Uh, I think that's a very helpful way of thinking about it. So you kind of avoid the impression that it's my effort that's doing this. And it's an important note, it doesn't matter how close you are actively. So, what I finish up with a quote from Mathis's from, uh, book. And it's, I think it's pretty clear on the words. He says this the means of grace, and their many good expressions, will serve to make us more like Jesus, but only as our focus returns continually to Christ Himself, not our own Christ lives. It is beholding the glory of the Lord, in beholding the glory of the Lord, that we are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. 2 Corinthians 3 18. Spiritual growth is a marvelous effect of such practices, but in a sense it is only a side effect. The heart is knowing and enjoying Jesus. Maybe it's worth maybe returning to that as we go through the series this term. Each of these things we're going to talk about, the heart is knowing and enjoying Jesus. All right. Any questions about anything I've said this evening? So what have you found in the series to form a basis on which this series will be built? Exactly. Yeah. 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 We should be able to keep your nine prophet signs of these going on. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And maybe the ones that we, we didn't mention at the beginning, they're a little bit odd for us sometimes. Lord's Supper and Baptism, the sacraments. The place that you fill in the triangle is in the Word. Partially in fellowship, but also in the Word. And we'll explain this on Sunday, but that's because the sacraments are actually visible words. Uh, in the sacraments, we see the gospel. See God's words for us. Not apart from the word, it needs the word to explain it, and it needs faith to activate it. The spirit of the the sacrament is actually a visible word to strengthen us in our relationship with God. Okay. Let's talk about the plan for the term, what we're doing. So, on the back of the sheet, you'll see there's a series plan. As those are the nine topics we're talking about. I think the most, I guess, high-level means of grace, the ones we usually talk about. Uh, like I said, there's no exhaustive list. Um, people disagree about what is the means and what isn't the means. And some people disagree about whether fellowship is a means. And uh, English reformers and continental reformers disagree over whether prayer was a means of grace. So, you know, that, being, that aside, these are the things we're going to talk about. Baptism, the Bible, uh, prayer, church, Lord's Supper, devotion, sin, 
not that sin is a practice, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but sin, yeah, not kind of sin. Uh, we're about repentance and about that uh, side of things. Um, serving and giving in the age, and then finally evangelism in the night. Uh, and all under that general framework of these are things we can use and receive and enjoy to help us grow to be more like Jesus. And what have we got for each of these? So I have these are, I think I've only got enough of these for the small group meetings themselves. I think I've got four for you guys. It's four there. And the rest over here. Sorry, guys. I don't know what those are So that's the study guide. So you can get one Sunday. And so what you'll see is a little bit of an introduction for everyone. Every week, the, we're going to do very similarly to how we've done the studies in the past. Every week has got a, an introductory question to get you thinking about the topic, get your group talking, break the ice a little bit. Then usually each week there are two Bible passages to look at. The, one, the two or three questions after. So we're going to do a short passage, a couple of questions, another short passage, another few questions. So not one passage and ten questions. Um, Usually the studies have got a quick fire question section as well. So base that on how your group's doing. If you want to go to those, you can. Um, and the idea behind those is maybe just read them and you know, whatever answer comes to mind. Um, and then it's got some application questions towards the end which you can talk about together. So each of the studies follows the same basic point. I pray for the beginning and uh, share the readings around and talk about Okay, don't let the study, let this slate the study one. Um, I think the studies will probably decrease the quality of the posts that I've got to print them and the deadlines later. Um, so please feel free to adapt and adjust and you know work work, work studies out in a way that we research to do that. We done because obviously we're not going to my final study. Is it really the most concerning or do I have to work if I'm not going to rehash the survey? No, I was going to pull myself upside down about it. Sunday service will have a Q&A. 
So at 10 o'clock, so everyone can leave, good night, get your tea and coffee. Back in the church at about 10 o'clock, and we'll have a QA on the topic of the morning service. So people can bring all their you know, hair and questions and things in the back of them. And it will usually be me and another person on the panel for that morning. Um, Toby's going to MC the questions for us. We're going to use an online platform as well. People want to text anonymous questions. We'll try and record it as well and end the QA's at the end of the service, like us usually. Uh, and hopefully, there we can kind of answer questions about you know, why you got Sundays, how much water should be used, and you know, all that stuff. <laughs> uh, should be lots of fun. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, looking forward to that. I think it works well. First one this Sunday, me and Bob and Ed are attacking baptism. And a couple of comments just how possible last Bob. So that's okay. So that's QA series plan. Um, yes, yeah, couple other things. Um, I need some help. So I'm just going through the list of to-dos that I had to ask tonight. It'd be great if you know of women in your group who read the Bible well. Uh, we really like to fill out our Bible reading roster on Sunday with a few more women. So if you have got people in mind, your group, you might want to tap on the shoulder and ask, hey, what about read the Bible in church? And um, let me know if there are any people like that that you can think of being on board for us. Um, and then lastly, I just wanted to share with you a couple of upcoming events that are happening that you might want to let your groups be aware of. First is the Life at Work Conference. Uh, this is a conference that this will be the third year that we're a watch party for this conference. It's an Australian live conference that specifically gives towards people in the working world um, to help them and equip them to live out their faith in the working environment. Um, and this week, this year's one is called. I don't know what it's called, I mean, it seems like 